Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Today we got our guest, none other than Miami Sports Junkie. Say what's up, Junkie. Top Heat Nation. And then to follow him, we got Jimmy Bucket. Say what's up, Jimmy. Hello, hello, Heat Twitter, Heat Nation. Jimmy Bucket's here. Wishing y'all a great day and go Heat. And then last but not least, we got none other than Jake Wild. Say what's up, Jake. What's up, guys? <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into these past couple of games. So last time we were here, it was before Miami played against Dallas. So let's get into that game. So how did you guys feel about Heat against Mavericks a couple nights ago? <laughs> Oh, and by the way, before we get on that, also welcome to um Brian Young. Say what's up to the people, Brian. Yo, what's up? <laughs> so um yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna repeat the question. So first, let's talk about that Dallas game. How did we feel about that one? Uh, I feel good about it. It's a it's a quality win. Um. Oh, we talking about like, oh, the Dallas have... game or the the recent game, the OKC game. Oh yeah, Dallas, and then we move into the OKC. Okay, game. yeah. Now Dallas, Dallas was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I thought we were talking about OKC. Not yeah. Dallas was a uh, was not a good showing, but you know <laughs> Dallas is a good team, man. You know I thought I thought that they'd uh, I thought it'd be a competitive game, and I feel like we're gonna see a lot of those types of. Uh, bad losses just because uh, defensively this team doesn't have a lot of really great defenders. Um, so there's definitely going to be nights where, you know, it just looks really bad in those nights. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we played we play like crap against Dallas, not having Butler. I think maybe the game plan going into it, thinking Butler would be available and then Butler leaving early kind of threw, threw off everything for everybody. I believe how they game planned. They might not have been just prepared for it or what, but everybody just looked like they weren't there. I think they might have all been hungover from New Year's Eve maybe. Or everybody except Tyler, because he's, he's underage. He was the only one that did good. So <laughs> I'm not sure. We shot we shot 37% from field goal, per, but, and then we shot 21% from three, I think. It was just it was just really bad. We we won't put up those numbers off often. I think it was just a really off night against a good team. Neither team played well. Dallas didn't play well either. Ninety three to eighty three. That's like a nineteen nineties, eighties, nineties NBA score. <laughs> it was um definitely that game was awful to watch. It pierced my eyes and they were bleeding for three days after. Um, then I had Russell on Sunday. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, I mean, the way we started off the game, super flat, you know, it was insane to me that I think there was five minutes left in the second quarter. We had scored 23 points. This is the NBA. It's not high school basketball. It's unacceptable. Um, But it's always what I notice about the Heat now where we've become like, I guess, similar to – San Antonio Spurs and Golden State Warriors is really rely on the three ball to get us going. And that game, we came out flat. Everybody was shooting bad down the ball. Yes. So. <laughs> I remember that. 
So, yeah, I mean, I think when you're so dependent on the three ball, you know, you're either going to beat up a team or you're going to get beat up. Hey, well, whoever is that, do you think you could just, like, try to move to a quieter location? Hold up. Give me one second. I think that's the bulldozer trying to eliminate our the loss from Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but you know, you know, it, 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 it was a tough game. Um, obviously, very tough. Uh, one of one of the things that we're, we're going to notice is when Jimmy, when Jimmy is is kind of ready to go and he's fully healthy, he's gonna he's gonna play a good game. But it, it was pretty obvious a couple a couple of nights ago against Dallas that he just wasn't fully in it. He he didn't seem like he was fully healthy. Um, with only two points, I mean, that's gonna that's gonna be the worst game he plays all year. Um, and, and when he's going and attacking the rim. That just opened so much space for us to kind of do our thing on three. Um, that was kind of the main thing, you know, maybe one of the reasons why I, we had one of the worst three-point shooting games I've ever seen in my whole life. 24 years old, and I've watched, you know, the Heat when, when, when our best two players were, you know, Wade and Shaq, and around them were a bunch of, you know, older vets that couldn't really shoot that well. And even then, we were shooting better than we did a couple nights ago. So, I mean, once Jimmy, you know, obviously came back against the Thunder, things got better, but... After that Mavericks game, it was a little discouraging. Um, so w- once the game ended, uh, I actually the Sun Sentinel the next day and, and found a couple interesting stats that th- don't apply anymore, but they applied going into the Thunder game. And I thought they were relevant to share uh, just to kind of show where we were at as a team versus last year. Um, so this is, bef- you know, going into Monday night's game, um, you know, we were, we were actually seventh last year in the league in an offensive rating. And, you know, we, we were basically we were third in la- we were third to last going into Monday in offensive rating. Um, and that stemmed actually a lot from we basically, you know, our turnover rate was at a level that it was pretty unprecedented. I mean, it's a very small sample size, obviously, with more games it's going to get better. But just to give you a kind of a, a, a reference point on how bad our turnover percentage has been, um, going into Monday night, we had turned the ball over. Um, on 19.5% of possessions. So almost one, basically one in five possessions ended in a turnover. Um, no team has finished a season turning the ball over more than 17% of the time since the 2015 Phoenix Suns. So basically, not only had a, a team not done it, you know, not been over 17% turnover rate in five years, but we're actually two and a half percent worse than them. So going into Monday night's game, we were really just sloppy. That was the, that was the key thing. I think it was very obvious to anyone watching um, that we were just turning the ball over way too much. And, you know, you can't win like that. Um, and, and obviously, you know, it looked like the team took some necessary steps forward for Monday night's game and just kind of got things, you know, tidied up a lot. So hopefully that matters. All right. I'm back. What was the, what was the question? So we're we're still talking about you know the Mavericks okay. game and all that. I got you. All right. So does anyone else have anything to add about the Mavericks game, or should we move forward? We gotta forget about the Mavs game. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now let's move on to a more positive note. So last night he played the Thunder. They also unveiled the new vice versa jerseys and all that. I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about it. Uh, but before we get into that, how do we feel about last night's game? Fantastic win. 
everybody played well. Um, really good night. Uh, I think they're going to build on that momentum. I think that that was one of the games where, you know, uh, Jimmy looked really good, and I think it's closer to what he's going to look like throughout the season. So, you know, if Jimmy's going, then, you know, they're an improved version, hopefully, of a team that just went to the finals. So I think that there's going to be definitely uh, – I think they're going to look better. I think I think it's just time that they're going to look better going forward than they have in previous games. Right. I would also, I would also, also add that uh, – sorry. Um, I would add that, you know, we can't get too high or too low. I think Spolster said that a couple years ago. You know, the NBA changes every week. But ultimately, let's let's take it with a grain of salt because obviously OKC is tanking. They have like 75 first-round picks. So, <laughs> you know, they're obviously in no interest of winning. <laughs> when you play for Al Horford, you're not really interested in winning. Let's just say that. But uh, – you know, I think that we got to take it. It was great. Everybody played well, but I'm more interested to see what happens on Wednesday. I I, I think, you know, I'm hoping that the last week, you know, the Milwaukee loss, and I know we bounced back, and, and the, the, the Mavericks loss was like a bleep in the system. But now, you know, we got, you know, top Eastern Conference team who potentially we're going to have to go through this year if we want to make it to the finals again. And Boston, Boston's playing better. Tatum and Brown is having his best season ever. I want to see how we look on Wednesday, and then I think we'll gauge this team better. Yeah, yeah I agree. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that uh, I think we, we did a lot better job of is just being really aggressive. Um, having Kelly Olenek starting lineup uh, provided a really huge boost that, you know, it looks to be, you know, finally found our rotation. Um, you know, last year when we were at our best in the beginning of the year, it was actually with Meyer starting alongside Bam. And that, you know, essentially stretched the floor and, and really allowed for crazy levels of ball movement that we really didn't, you know, haven't seen yet this year. Um, so plugging in Kelly right next to Bam, it was, it was a great move. I think one of the reasons Kelly works a little bit better than Myers is just his ability to create plays. Um, he's, he's a little bit of a, like a mini Bam in that, he can, you know, he's got the dribble handoffs as well. Uh, he's 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 pretty mobile and obviously can create a little bit. And we saw a lot of that during the OKC game. Um, and I think going forward, it makes perfect sense. You know, you know, we've been missing a power forward kind of all year, and you know, obviously with losing Jay, but it looks like Kelly's our guy, and he he's actually a better three point shooter historically than Jay Crowder. Um, and and I, I'm excited to see how you know Kelly continues to work down the line. I think one thing we need to be cognizant of is Kelly is very up and down. Um, it doesn't seem to be the guy, you know, that will come in and get you efficient, you know, 16 points a night. We kind of know that by now. It's his contract year, so he's going he's gonna to be trying to go hard every night. But we've seen games where he goes 0 of 6 from 3 and kind of makes some, some silly plays. But if we can keep him playing at, at a semi-high semi level like we saw last night, uh, it, it, that's exactly what we're going to need. And that's going to bring us back to the championship level of ball that we saw last year. Um, so it was really good to see him. Um, and then obviously, you know, Bam was dominant, 9 of 10 from the field. Uh, you know, that's, that's what Bam can do. He's, so, he's got such a good touch, you know, around the rim. He had a couple cleanups uh, off offensive boards. It, it, it's just beautiful, uh, beautiful basketball going on. Uh, the only other thing that I kind of wanted to mention 
was Precious on the O boards is looking nice. I know he only had two, uh, two offensive boards against the Thunder, but just watching him, it, it takes, you know, it's a very different style of rebounding than when you're on defense. You know, in defense, you're, you're, main, you're mainly trying to box out and get, you know, get positioning. Uh, but when you're an offense and you're trying to offensively rebound, you need to just break through people and you need to be in the right spot and, and kind of have that kind of, you know, verticality matters a lot more. Um, and, and it's looking like Precious is going to be an offensive rebounding force in this league for years to come. And, the, you know, that, that second chance points, you know, they can't be understated, can't be overstated. Um, it's so important to winning games. Um, and Bam's a great rebounder. Uh, but having a guy like Precious as well that can clean up the O boards, that's going to go a long way for us. So I, I liked a lot of what I saw against the Thunder, and I'm hoping we can, you know, carry that on to the Celtic game. I was I was super stoked also at the the ghost of Larry Bird, Mister Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> Kelly Kelly channeled his inner inner Celtic and uh, pulled out some Larry Legend uh, three point shooting, went five for seven, which is. Like you were saying, yeah, he is streaky here and there, but if he can play anywhere close to that level on a consistent basis, I would love him being in the starting lineup. Like we said, he looks great next to Bam, helps to spread the floor uh, down low. He can get in the corner. He can get on the side, uh, wing of the three-point line, open up the floor for Bam down low, uh, bringing the other big out because they have to respect Kelly's three-point shot when he's shooting like that. So that gives Bam even more room in the paint to, to work down low or to take a little mid-range or, or to, to implement and set a pick-and-roll or dribble handoff or, um, you know, what he does best. And Olenek, I love Olenek's little fake dribble handoff move that he does where he fakes it and takes it to the rack. That's that's great. And I even saw – I even saw uh, – I believe it was, I believe it was either Precious or so, somebody else that came in. I think it was Precious. Uh, uh, tried that for the, the same, the little Kelly fake dribble handoff move and took it to the took it to the cup. But we looked so much better with Kelly on the floor with space and everything. And our plus minus as a team, everybody was in double digits except Precious, and the only people negative were Harkless, KZ, and none. But everybody was like plus fifteen to plus twenty five. So. We look, we look great as a team. Bam looked great. Hero almost had a triple double. Butler looked back to being himself. Duncan uh, hit hit some hit a bunch of good first half threes. So we look great. Hopefully we can build on this and continue forward, looking looking like a like a team and playing team ball like we did against OKC. Hey, how about none at the end of the game? You know, what, four for four, eight points. Up in that trade value, baby. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I you know you know what I think about none because you mentioned none I I I think that's where the Heat are gonna lose a huge benefit this year from not having the Sioux Falls Sky Force because I think he's a player that needs to get there you know go build that confidence against softer opponents you know and and get yeah. himself back up it's and it's definitely a mental thing mm-hmm. you know he's he's a talented player but maybe if we keep playing him in garbage time and kind of, you know, like you said, against some weaker opponents, give him, you know, some minutes, that could benefit him a lot. Maybe just, you know, having one big game even could just get his head back right. So I'm, I'm in full agreement with that. And, you know, it's not it's not a bad thing to see at all, especially him being so young. And, of course, a guy Pat Riley would absolutely love to ship out of here. Bye, Kendrick. All right. 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not a numb guy at all. Like I know that he's his his one thing that he he can score, but outside of that, I don't know what he does on the court. <laughs> so, anyways, but yeah, while we're on the topic about the Thunder game, I'm just curious because I feel like everyone's mixed about this, and I mean this isn't really important, but still. How do we feel about the vice versa jerseys in the court? I like the jerseys. I don't think they're bad. I, I, I think they're pretty cool. Unique for sure. Yeah, they're they're That's definitely funny. unique. Um, I, you know, the thing with the vice is we've already done all the colors, and this year was kind of you know, even in my head, I was wondering what we were going to do this year. Um, I, I think on Twitter, there's a you know, you either love it or hate it. It's a very polarizing jersey. I personally like it a lot. Um, the one thing I liked a lot as well was the court. Um, so I'm, I've been playing 2K21 for a while, and, and they actually have the court wrong. Um, they don't have the kind of little, like, the ombre kind of from pink to, like, darker pink in the key. And it was really cool to see. Um, so obviously 2K's got to get that update, Ronnie 2K. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, I thought it looked really good in person. It, it's a cool way to cap it off, just doing something really out there. Uh, but what I don't like, and this might be, you know, kind of an unpopular opinion, but it's really ugly to see the Kia, the Kia logos. Uh, you know, to me, it's, it's the American Airlines arena. Obviously, I know the naming rights are kind of in question right now. Uh, but the Kia logo looks terrible, and I really hate how there's two of them. You know, <laughs> one of them would have been fine, but it, it looks like it looks like the big three, like that big, you know, Ice Cubes League. It looks like kind of like tacky to have two giant logos. So that's just me. Well, I, I I think it's too much. I don't like it at all. Pretty simple. <laughs> I, I like I like the vice theme. You know, I like the blue. The blue's my favorite. I like the black and I like the uh, the pink. But when they decided to make like a whole, you know, uh, mixture of all the colors, I'm not crazy about it. I just it's hard. Is it, <laughs> Sorry. Was it just me or was it hard to follow the ball? With the jerseys in the court, I, maybe I thought that's it why was... Kelly Olynyk had such a good game. <laughs> he was cam- he was cam- he was camouflaged <laughs> from the court. They didn't, they didn't see him. <laughs> he, he did he did get eight he did get eight I mean, rebounds. So I mean something's going on. They they couldn't <laughs> have seen they couldn't have seen him at some point for Kelly to come up with eight rebounds on the game. <laughs> And y'all, and then y'all saw Tyler with, I believe, fifteen rebounds. That's wild, yeah. And then he had nine. He had nine against the Thunder, and he he didn't. I think he he played less than thirty minutes and almost had a triple double. Tyler Tyler played good. I think he's feeling more comfortable in his role, not having to be like the primary ball handler. Because I mean, I know they they've let Jimmy and Bam when Jimmy's in and Bam handle it a little bit more, and then when Bradley comes in, Bradley can handle it along with Dragic. So Hero he just looks a little bit more comfortable. I think I think they kind of like took the pressure off of him. Like, hey, you're gonna be our point guard. Push the ball. Push the ball. Make plays. Like, I think they're like, like, you know, run, run your, run your routes around the court. Get off screen. Shoot the ball. Take it to the hoop when you're open. And he looks, he looks a lot happier. Yeah, his natural position is definitely an off guard. And I actually think that at some point they're gonna have to uh, figure out who that's gonna be between Tyler and Duncan. I think that eventually you probably want to have a capable point guard in the starting lineup. You know, obviously it's not a decision that they're going to have to make soon, but 
you know, just because Duncan and Tyler are kind of uh, duplicative of each other and, you know, they're both defensive liabilities. Um, you know, I think that we're going to get a real good look at, okay, who do we want as, as that two playing off of other guys? But, I mean, like you said, I mean, he, Tyler does his best work when he's not the primary ball handler, which is great because, you know, when he, when he's not – the when he's not initiating sets, ah, he's, he's really good, man. Um, whether he's coming off of screens or you know, uh, getting handoffs and, and creating, like you know, I, I think that's when he, when he does his best work. Oh, and by the way, I made a mistake, it was actually nine rebounds. I was looking at the Milwaukee, yeah, last game. night he almost had a triple double. That's something else, and, and it was it was add. nice to see from Hero because you know his his shot wasn't on, um, but he was still able to, like you said, get his teammates involved a lot, and that's kind of what it's going to take for him to become a one, uh, in, in this league to be able to get eight nine assists when your shot's not on. But I'm in total agreement. I don't really need to see him there, um, especially when we have Jimmy and Bam, and you know you know when, when they're not on the court, Dragic taking the ball up. That's kind of that's kind of where we're most comfortable. Um, Tyler can be a little bit sloppy. And again, you know, he's so good at just being able to to go off screens and, and kind of like make his own space. It, it makes way more sense for our team to be coming off the ball. Hopefully that's something going forward that, you know, Spolster an adjustment. I think I think right now um, we're trying to we're trying to see what kind of limitations Hero has, we're trying to see what, what his ceiling looks like. And it's OK if it's not as an NBA point guard. I, I don't even think that makes him less valuable. It's just something that might not work. So no. it, it might be an experiment that'll go. That'll be soon. Over. Soon. I think Tyler. Ty, Tyler's got to be shooting, in my opinion, at least fifteen to Correct. twenty shots a night, every night. Like, because I think his role and what he exceeds at is excels at. Excuse me, is is scoring, and he's just got to keep shooting, 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 and get out of that little slump that he got in, and he'll be fine. Because you know he's a natural scorer. That's what he did at Kentucky. That's what he did last year in the playoffs, and I think that that's going to be where his role is going to excel the best. Because you have, you know, like we said, we don't need a natural point guard when we have Jimmy and Bam and, you know, and Drogic when he's in. You know, you can use Hero as your 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 go-to scorer. Yeah, he. I love his knack for finding rebounds, too, as, as a guard. There, there's been some, in the NBA, historically, some great rebounding guards. And if, if Hero keeps this up... And he's, I mean, he's looking really, really nice, really nice on the glass. Like he, he just finds those, he finds those rebounds, no matter like the, the random ones, or they just seem to come to him, or he just goes after him. He's kind of like he's got a little precious in him. Mm-hmm. And he's six six too. I mean, he's definitely not a small guy. So I think that's an underrated quality of his. You know, people look at him as just a scorer. But he does a lot more, and yeah. setting his teammates up and getting boards, you know, that helps a lot. It's a lot more complete of a game. Um, if he could really just get his consistency up and his defense, he'd be, you know, an all-star level talent easily. And I think, yeah. you know, we understand that, and we're trying to get the best out of him. Right. Go, Hero. So, any... <laughs> so anyways, so uh, moving forward, so... I believe um, Ira came out and he tweeted that apparently, according to Bam, they haven't set up their lineup yet for the next game against Boston. They, in other words, they haven't confirmed if yesterday's lineup is going to be 
what they're going to do against the Celtics. So is do you guys think they should change it or do you guys think this is the lineup they should go with when tomorrow's game starts? It should absolutely be the lineup. I mean, there isn't really another option. I mean, we've seen there isn't really another option at the four. Um, plus, uh, I think I think they match up really well. I think Bam and, and KO match up really well against uh, Tyus and Tristan Thompson. So I don't really see any reason to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, neither, neither Tyus or Thompson are really scary offensively or anybody that we would feel nervous having KO on either. KO can play on either one of them. Bam can play on either they're they're not a scary they're not a scary front court to me. Their wings are what's scary. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wonder if we'll see Bam on Tatum and Jimmy on Brown. I wonder if that's what they'll they'll got. But then who's gonna? They they don't normally play two bigs that often though. Boston doesn't. I'm not sure. Do they do they start out with Tice and? I believe so. And Thompson. I believe together. So. I don't know if they stagger them. I haven't watched enough Boston with with Brown Tatum with Brown Tatum and with Brown I'm Tatum and too. Smart. I guess, but I think I think Smart was out. I think Smart was out. I'm gonna have to look. I know that kid that they got that rookie that they drafted, Peyton Pritchard. He he lit him up last night. Uh, <laughs> he's a good he's a good he's a good player. So we'll have to watch it watch Huge him on shooting. Her. Oh, and by uh, the way. Oh, and by the way, I just want to come out and say they actually do have that for the starting five. Yeah, it's um, what's his name? Thompson at the four and um, Thice, Thies, whatever at the five. Oh, you mean the wash for okay. Bam? <laughs> <laughs> that ended well. ESPN, good that, job. That'll be that'll be fun to watch them defending Bam. Like, I wonder who they're gonna put. That that'll be interesting. I'm guessing uh, have fun with Tristan that. Thompson on Bam, but I that's barbecue either way. So, Ooh. yeah, bar- yeah, yeah, Bam's gonna be cooking. <laughs> Good gracious! Oh man, that'll be fun to watch. Definitely, we just gotta we just have to contain Tatum and Brown. That's the main. That's the main. Who do they have, uh, Joel? Who do they have starting at point guard? I don't know. I don't know. For them, it's some dude. It doesn't I think show Patton the name Waters. for it. I don't know. I'll I be think watching. Or, uh, yeah, oh, Tremont okay. Waters. Tremont Waters? Yeah. No, that's oh. what I say, because I don't be watching the Celtics games like that. <laughs> uh, Let me see if I can find it. That's what I'm looking for right now to see if I can find it. Out. A lot of times they won't release it till the day of, but. See if I can find it. Smart State, yeah. Smart Brown, Tatum, Tice, Thompson. Because they they had Smart, Smart and Teague. I know didn't play last night. I know that they were both out. Oh, so um, maybe why are we trying to assume they might hop in for tomorrow's game? They might. Let me see. Let me see what's wrong with them. Let's see. I don't think I don't think it's anything serious with either one of them. I think they're just holding them out for rest. I think Mark he won't be available for Monday's game against the Raptors. Questionable right thumb, short on guard depth with Jeff Teague and Kimball Walker unavailable. So Peyton Pritchard could enter the starting five. Peyton Pritchard's nasty. That dude's good. 
I know, and already people are comparing him to Tyler Hero, the Celtics fans. <laughs> he, yeah, he 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 look he looks a lot he looks a lot like him. Uh, at least from what I saw, at least from the highlights from what I saw from him last night, he does he does favor him a little bit. Not just because they're white shooting guards, but they they, they have <laughs> a lot of similarity in their game. He looks he looks mm-hmm. solid. They I do. just think that he's, he's definitely inconsistent. Um, against the Pistons a couple nights ago, I was watching part of that game, and I'm pretty sure he had zero points in 16 minutes. Um, but he can definitely pop off a bit. Uh, I, I don't know. Just looking forward to Wednesday, it, it's one of those wins that it means it definitely feels like it, it, like more than just a regular season game. Kind of like when we played the Bucks. Uh, the Celtics have been thinking about that series for a couple months, and they really, really want to seek revenge on us. Uh, you know, they don't have Kemba right now, so it'll be a little tough for them. But ultimately, they're going to come out absolutely firing. And I have no doubts that, you know, we're going to see, a, you know, 12 of 14 from the field from Jalen Brown or just, just ridiculous numbers, just, just like we did in the, in the conference <laughs> finals. And I'm sure Tatum, you know, he's probably going to dominate too. Uh, you know, no one really has an answer for Tatum right now, especially, you know, when the Celtics come in big like that, when they, when they start Thompson and when they start Tice, you know, Bam really can't guard Tatum. And that's where last year we would have had Jay Crowder on Tatum, which, you know, worked to an extent, you know, as, as much as it could. Um, now, looking at this year, um, we, might, we might have to see some, some, some Jimmy on Tatum. Um, I'm sure Iggy will play a bunch of minutes. Uh, this, this is kind of where I really wish, hope, you know, that Mo Harkless was working out a little bit better. Um, this is exactly why we brought him in, um, to, to, you know, defend these kind of wings when we play these teams and not be a complete and total liability on offense. Because historically, he's actually been a pretty decent 3 and D kind of guy. But, I mean, right now, he's he's not a guy I'd want to really see too much on Wednesday. Um, he couldn't even you know. score yesterday against the, the G-Leaguers. Nah, I mean, he couldn't. We, we would sit, we, we would, we would send <laughs> Mo to Sioux Falls, too. Pack, pack your bags, Mo. You and Kendrick. You, you and Kendrick are, are going to, where is that, Idaho or something? <laughs> Iowa. I don't even know where that is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Iowa. Okay, there we go. Iowa. I mean, this is probably going to be a game for uh, Iggy and Avery Bradley. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we'll probably see a good amount of them tomorrow. I agree. Yeah. I think the key to beating Boston, um, easier said than done, is going to be containing Brown and Tatum. Like, I think you got to let the rest of the team beat you. Dice and Tristan Thompson and yeah, right. Uh, Marcus Smart, who. Man, decided man. to become uh, Steph Curry in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe I, if he's if he's out, that'll if he's out, that'll that'll help us out a lot. Because I mean, Marcus Smart, he can be a problem, definitely. And a big deal for us is also that you know, I, Brad Wanamaker isn't there no more, so we don't have to worry about that <laughs> random scrub heat killer thing. So we'll, see, so we'll see who decides to take that role for them in tomorrow's game. Hey, My Pritchard. On Pritchard. I'm telling you, we got we to gotta, we gotta watch that kid, bro. He's deadly. He was deadly in college. He was, he was so deadly in college, and he just, just carried right over. He'll be right up there in the top percentage of three-point shooters on the year, I bet, um, if he if he gets enough minutes to qualify, he will be. He's a great – that, that kid can shoot like out. He definitely out. fits the mold. He fits the mold of a guy that would be That is for sure. 
If you just, I just have buy it on, on the iPad. I have a game plan. Yeah. We should, <laughs> we should unleash the screws on Boston tomorrow. <laughs> Boston had screws for a little bit on their, I believe their G League or something, or practice squad, so or maybe two way, and they let him go. Video, we should let him go back. Revenge game. You know, after they play revenge game, video, baby. we should. Should let him go back and get revenge against his old team. This tribute video. Yeah. I mean, last year I remember in the playoffs they called it like kind of the revenge tour for um Crowder and um what's in Crowder and Olinix. So yeah, so let's see that tomorrow for Struce then. Yeah. More for. And I hope. And I hope Olinik got get a good game too, because knowing our fans, despite the fact we were all like. Just praising Kelly last night, it could immediately change if he goes to like oh, Kelly well against the Celtics. Tomorrow. I feel like he's had some good games against them. Oh yeah, he has. Yeah. So there's <laughs> I, no excuses. <laughs> yeah, he he he, put, he plays good. He he matches up good too because he's more athletic than Thompson that is, or that, Tice, That's I my think. whole thing though. Like I don't know. Everybody's already like labeling Olinik as They're the big. savior at the four. Like okay. We played one G League team, the Thunder, with Shai Gillis Alexander. <laughs> and, you know, let's not crown this starting lineup as I get it. It's worked in small sample sizes, but, you know, no so, pun on Olenek, but it's just one game. You to know? be fair, though, Bam and Olenek have, have worked well together in the past. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I was amazed when I saw that. I'm like, they're really going to experiment with that, which isn't wasn't a bad decision. And at that's kind of what Spolster does. I mean, other than the big they're, three they're... era when we, we kind of had our set lineups, Spolster's always been a guy to kind of keep morphing the lineup until he finds what works and then, you know, kind of roll with that. Um, so, I mean, there's a chance that Kelly isn't the guy and they're going to have to keep experimenting around. But, you know, obviously coming off of one one game where he did look great, as an optimist, I really, I really want to see that continue, um, but I guess we'll see. I mean, if, if he goes over five next game, you know, we know how we know how good Twitter's going to be. I, I just think it's important. <laughs> it's just important to realize it's just a, it's a regular season. Everyone has off nights. Um, you know, there's there, every single team is full of you know the, the best basketball players in the world. So even if you know we end up playing a team that's not great and we don't play well, I mean, these things just. They happen. Every every team, no matter who's been on our team, you know, we've had bad games against bad teams. Um, so hopefully going forward, if Kelly can just kind of just be consistent in some way, hopefully, you know, that'll be this will end up being the lineup. It, it, it would be a good one. It really would. Look at Toronto. <laughs> and it was interesting. I'm not even sure what another option would be <laughs> for the lineup, though. Like, unless they're going to put in KZ at the four, like – I mean, are we going to go back to Iggy or Moharkless or Myers? I and mean, those don't Spall, seem like Spall options. doesn't trust KZ enough. He doesn't, which is what I'm saying. Like, there isn't really even another, you know, fallback plan, I don't think. Unless unless Moharkless is going to be really good, you know, the corner. Or unless they want to unless they want to roll yeah, the dice. I don't see that early. No, I don't see that. I like I like Precious off the bench to take Bam's place. That way there's always a Bam on the floor. That's why they don't play together a lot because Spo always wants to have a Bam on the floor, like either the real Bam or, or Bam Jr. So either or. Uh, one thing I want to throw in is that Olenek and Bam, they played 71 minutes together this year. 
so far, and they're a plus 16 net rating, which is – that's when they're on the floor together. So, they, I, I think they look great. I hope they keep it up. It, Kelly just he, – he opens up our offense so much more just when he can shoot and his playmaking abilities. And then he rebounded good. Granted, we did – like Joel said, we were playing a G League team, so – you know, we really can't take that much away from it. But if everybody can play like that going forward or even, you know, 80% of that, then we should be all right. We look and good. And it just helps with spacing so much. I mean, when, when you're starting with, with Butler and, and Bam, two guys that just aren't really going to stretch the floor pretty much at all, it's, it's ideal for sure to have three shooters around them. And, you know, we've been over this just – I think Kelly does bring a lot more to the table than Myers at this point in the starting lineup. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as for options, this seems to be the one that, you know, has the most upside and should be the one that, that we go forward with. Uh, and, yeah, I, someone mentioned Precious. You know, I would love to see it just a few Precious band minutes because, you know, I'd love to see 10 alley-oops in, in two minutes. <laughs> but, but I don't think that ultimately it'll work. Yeah long-term just because they kind of do the same things uh and, and he's just he's a force off the bench so it, it would be yeah. nice to see him him get bam's minutes when he's not playing but them together might not work and i know everybody's like well if it doesn't work we go to the trade machine um historically the heat uh i think this was brought up by barry jackson or ira winderman have never made a trade in december which right now is sort of the december in January because of the way the season's starting. So, you know, I don't think any trades will happen till probably end of February, early March, if that's the route that he Twitter's thinking that we could go. Yeah, it's probably going to be 20, 30 games in before the Heat even start thinking about trades. Well, I mean, it's not technically they're thinking about trades all the time, but, you know, realistically, they're going to give this team a while before they see yeah. that are moving anybody. And everybody, everybody at the beginning of the season thinks they have a chance. So, you know, you look at Detroit, Blake Griffin, you know, even Toronto, they're one and five, but it's early in the season. Uh, Indiana right now is like at the top of the Eastern Conference with Philadelphia. That's not going to stay there. And so, <laughs> you know, you got a lot of teams overachieving and some underachieving, but it's too early in the year. It, it is definitely too early in the year. Um, I do think also, one thing, just looking at all our options – Obviously, Harden, you know, for some people is option A, and it might end up being what we do. But I think a real, a really realistic option, um, looking over in the West, is is to get one or two of DeRozan and Aldridge. Uh, we talked about this, I think, on the third pod. But the more I thought about it, the more it kind of made sense. Um, you know, it's a contract year for them, and DeRozan, at least for him, in his instance, he has been unstoppable this year. You know, every time I check their box scores, he's like 29, 8, and 8. I see him hitting some threes this year. So it looks like he's trying to extend his range and, and you know, bring his marketability back up. Uh, but I would have no problem being the team that took him on and raised his value, even if he left us next year. That could be a guy that if he can commit to coming off the bench and, and just kind of being a guy that can come in, drop 20, and, you know, play at the end of games as well as a closer, that could be something that might elevate. That, that might be a needle mover. You know, I don't think Riley's looking to make a move at, at all anymore that isn't a needle mover. He could be, and especially if we were to kind of package him and Aldridge together, uh, I know we'd have to probably get rid of like Myers, Kelly, Iggy. You know, it would be a ton of cap to try to make up. But you know, that that's definitely something that Riley would look into 
especially because he's dro- he's dropped the rings on the table for Aldridge before. He he really likes Aldridge, and that could be another guy going forward. That if Kelly doesn't work out, that would be a guy that can come in and do, and do what Kelly does at his best, but he could do it on a consistent basis. Yeah, that would mm-hmm. that would be great. Do you think do you think that we would try to maybe? Get DeRozan and Aldridge in like a package. I don't know if it's, po- I don't think it's possible. Do you think that would be something? Too much salary. There's too much salary, right? There's, there's also the question of uh, yeah. what San Antonio would want back for DeRozan. You know, do would would just a straight up salary thing work, or would they? You know, can they get something a lot more valuable than that if they're looking? Oh, I think I think for sure we would have to at least send them twenty twenty five, if we want to give up. He, he fans make the funniest trades in the world. I, I just think it's funny. Sorry, I want to say this. Um, they they say, oh, I want to get you know, a perennial all-star uh, for Kendrick Nunn, Kelly Olenek, and, you know, and a second-round pick. <laughs> and a second-round pick. <laughs> but, I mean, of course, you know, like, even for Tyler Hero, you know, they could offer Giannis. LeBron, Anthony Davis, all of them. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to trade baby goat for them. We overvalue I'll be out of your mind. It's awesome. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in since we were talking about trades. It is, yeah, it is <laughs> awesome. We, we, I mean, love, we love our guys. Have y'all, have y'all seen? But, you know, I think yeah, the guy that I've always true. thought would be <laughs> such a pop guy is Olenek. Like, not even because I just think, like, he would be such a pop guy because he's, like, a quiet guy. Shoots a three well. And you were talking about the Rosen. I think they lost Derek White now for an extended period of time, too. And Aldridge hasn't been playing with a knee injury. So, And I think San Antonio has only won one or two games. They're not looking too good to start the year. So I think maybe, like I was saying about everybody thinks they have a chance, maybe a 15 or 20 games, you know, pop the sides, you know, it's time to move on from these guys. Also, um, one other guy, we talk about DeRozan, who, by the way, is a former Raptor. And the reason why I bring that up is because I know one other player a lot of Heat fans have been talking about specifically for the Raptors. is none other love than Luke Kyle, Kyle Lowry. How do you guys feel about that one? I just don't know. I, I think it's like, a great, great yeah. move. And the fact that the Jimmy connection is there makes it even better. You know he can he can bring his big old booty down to South Beach anytime he wants. Bring some junk in the trunk down there. Uh, would want though. Oh, or, I'll Larry. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Who knows? Kelly Olynyk, Kelly Olynyk, <laughs> Kendrick Nunn in the second round yeah. pick. Send yeah. it in. But, <laughs> have y'all seen Have y'all seen that Pawn Stars meme on Twitter? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 what we'll send uh Masai Ujiri. We'll but, send him that. But hold on, meme. hold on, guys. Hold the on. Pond the meme. Is Kelly Olynyk's Canada coach connection? Uh oh. Connection. He's got value. Uh oh. He's got value. We're we're digging deep, boys. I like that though. I mean, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> I mean, he does everything. He's another guy that that you know he. On the, on the reg, we'll go, you know, 18, 8, and 8, just on a regular basis. And, and obviously has a big a big three ball, too. So he, he can fit right in on this team. You know, put 
put him in hero spot and then put hero back off and the bench. Plays, yeah, he, he plays defense. No, and, and imagine the one-two punch of Lowry and Drogic. That would be oh. – Oh, my God. That would be great. That would be fantastic. Oh, my God. That would be – They would put the work on them young whippersnappers yep. in the league. <laughs> like, I mean, because could you imagine – Like, imagine if you're Miami and you're, like, down by eight in the fourth quarter and you got Kyle Lowry in that closing lineup – I mean, because y'all remember that game six against what was it, the Raptors and um, Celtics last year? Like, what was it? Um, Lowry, like he stepped up and he put the whole team on his back in that game. Yeah. Like it's only because of just him out of that curiosity. They went I mean, if you hypothetically had Kyle Lowry starting and Dragic and Hero off the bench, how many guard rotations in the league are better than that? None. Not many. No pun intended. None. Not not with that depth. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he'll be gone. Yeah, it's Kelly Olynyk and none in a second round. Oh, yeah. So he's gone. Toronto might take it. Well, Another I, thing I, that think Toronto, I think Toronto's going to want to do good by him. <laughs> you know, he's been a loyal guy. So, oh, yeah. you know, I think that if he essentially says, hey – you know, it was fun. Time to move on. I think I think Toronto will honor a, a trade request. I think so too. Um, we we also you know a lot of people aren't talking about this. Mm-hmm. We have a seven. I think it's like a seven and a half million dollar trade exception that we got from the James Johnson and you know Winslow trade that brought in Iggy and Crowder last year. Uh, you know that that was kind of a complicated deal where it was like multiple teams involved, and we ended up getting a, a you know a nice trade exception that. A guy like Lowry, if we paired that exception with maybe Kelly, and unfortunately, probably we're gonna have to get rid of you know KZ or maybe ba- or maybe Precious in a deal like that. But that that's intriguing, um, and it's, it's it's something that Heat fans need to realize that would definitely push us to the next level. And you know, if it was up to me personally, I would trade KZ before Precious. Um, just seeing what Precious is already doing right off the bat. Oh yeah, K- yeah. KZ's yeah, probably sure. a guy that will, you know he's gonna be dangled for sure. KZ's a guy, to me, KZ's a guy that's perfect okay. for a rebuild team. You know, a team that's ready to use him, you know, to rebuild, you know, and see what he's got. Give him 25 minutes a night. But I think Miami doesn't trust him. So. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I mean, it would be clear that Miami would give KZ over Precious because, I mean, the fact that Precious is getting all these minutes. And remember, this is a guy who didn't have a training camp or a summer league. So the fact that he's getting all these minutes while KZ is, you know, as of right now, playing on garbage time, that tells you how much Miami really values Precious. Yeah, Precious. I think Precious is – I don't think they would put Precious in really any deal except yeah. maybe the Harden deal, if that. Because, I mean, Pre- they're molding Precious to be, bam, 2.0, and they're doing it pretty dang good job of it so far so i i think especially on on defense the how precious can do what bam does uh, and precious is even he looks more aggressive on the especially we were talking about earlier the offensive rebounding in but rebounds in general the the minutes he plays and the rebounds he gets if he played more minutes his rebounded numbers would be so hyper- astronomical so i think precious kind of we give up needs to stay. everybody's gonna like this and I think it's going to work. 
We give up Myers Leonard, Casey Opala, Andre Gudala, and a first round pick for Kyle Lowry. Send it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? Do it. I would do it. It just makes it makes us a lot better. It, it really does. It's it's an X factor kind of player and you know, he's got big big game experience. The one thing that that kind of worries me is that, you know, I don't know if Toronto is ready to admit they need to rebuild yet. I mean, there's still a team that can float around the fourth or fifth seed. And obviously just coming off that championship run, we, we kind of know how it is. When you have that championship hangover, you almost don't want to push that reset button for a while, even though it's kind of necessary. Um, so that, you know, that Lowry trade would be the official, you know, sign that they're rebuilding. Um, and I don't know if they're ready for that. And I also don't know if they're kind of down to – help out, you know, an Eastern Conference rival. But yeah. I love it in theory. In, in a vacuum, I love that trade. Well, I think they – I mean, they tied up two – three players. Uh, Pascal Siakam got a max extension last season. Uh, this year they gave Fred Van Vliet about 80-some million. And they gave OG also an extension. So – you know, they're pretty tied up in caps, so I think they would want players to be able to build around those three guys right now. Yeah, and Van, Van Vliet can assume the point guard position, too, so it's not like they would be without a point guard. They have two point guards that play the same, so. Give us Lowry. Are there any, are there any other teams, like, off the top of our heads that we can think of that might come in with a kind of a bigger offer. Just just thinking of like contending teams that really need a point guard. For Lowry? Yeah. The Clippers. For Lowry. Yeah, I don't know what the Clippers will have to give. The Clippers like Lowry would fit the Clippers perfectly. I just don't know what they can actually trade that's worth anything. They have no picks. Uh right. yeah. They have no picks. Do you think that do you think that my do you think that Miami would be uh, would be Lowry's preferred destination. Have to be on there. I would be shocked if they weren't, just because of the Jimmy connection if... at the very least. Remember, guys, was Lowry was supposed to come in uh, right with the big three. Yeah, with the big three. And then LeBron kind of waited so he would sign with Toronto. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, the thing is, I think for a guy like Lowry, yeah. he would love to come here. We just talked about, you know, he's, he's Jimmy's boy. The Heat are ready to win now. He's probably trying to get another ring, but the weather is beautiful here. I'm looking out of my, my apartment right now, and it's a beautiful, like, 70 degrees, perfectly sunny. I mean, he's looking – I don't think there's anyone in the NBA that wouldn't want to come to the Heat unless you're a guy like Kevin Garnett was that just, like, hated the Heat or just completely against it, and, you know, they're your rivals. It, unless you're in that special case, I think anyone would want to come to the Heat. I don't know if you live in the Bay Area, you know, you might be you might be good where you at. Shout out to California. You know. <laughs> yeah. And I think Pat would also wanna like give Jimmy, you know, a player he you know, he could feel like is at his level. You know. I know Bam's getting there, but mm-hmm. all star experience. So uh, we need we need to we need to 
get a get a W tomorrow because we have a we have a tough schedule coming up. I know we have back to back with the Sixers coming up somewhere uh, soon. Right after the, I think we have maybe the Wizards in between or something. Somebody not that good, and then oh here it is the we got the Celtics and the Wizards, then the Celtics again, and then the Sixers back to back for the next five games. That's tough. Yeah, it's tough. So that's four out of five games are tough against our division rivals in top four. The Wizards are playing a little better. Easy. I'm just worried that, you know, you have your own Duncan defending Beal and Westbrook. That might, they might both have. (laughs) (laughs) I think think we might see Avery Bradley starting that game. Yeah. Yeah. We may have to. That may be some AB and Jimmy on yeah. Bill and Westbrook. Throw 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 Duncan on on their rookie. So I, I do. You guys think the, <laughs> I don't know the where Harden he, thing has calmed down? Just because we talk about it every pod. Well, actually, well, I mean, a report. Well, I mean, I won't really quote a report, but um, Vice City Alerts just tweeted that um, according to. Flash Sports Buzz, a.k.a. Um, um, what's his name? Barry Jackson. Uh, Pat Riley holds Harden in high regard, but would do a deal only at a price that's, uh, what's it called? Appetizing. Which means they're not trading seven players and picks. Nah. It, it, they want our entire future and all our picks. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's hard to do. You got to feel the team. I mean, well, because, I mean, listen – if if they went out and they said give us seven players and this was maybe during the off season, maybe Miami would have done that. But you can't expect them to do that in the middle of the season. Oh, not at all. I mean, the problem is I, I just don't know. I mean, for Houston, right? Just even just like from a marketing standpoint, you got to get something really valuable that you can sell to your fans for Harden. And because he's playing really really well right now, Houston has all the reason to be like, well. He's playing at an MVP level, so we need a lot of stuff for him. But, you know, the teams that are really in those conversations are, A, playing well, or B, like you said, I mean, they just can't afford to give up half their roster for one guy. I'm doing it. You sending it in? I'm sending it in. All right. to come out the gates, like, rocking and – Scoring 120 points on every team and like demolishing everybody's life and ending their NBA careers, uh, I would have been okay. I'll hold off on Harden, but we're seeing inconsistency early on. And I keep going back to that pack quote that he said that the whole running back was that our consistency from last season was going to be our our ace in the hole, and it hasn't been. So, you know, I think we maximize this team's potential. Obviously, there's still growth from Bam and Hero, but you bring a guy like Harden, it changes the game, and I have no doubt that it's going to work out. Yeah, I'm conflicted, conflicted about it. I mean, it's an MVP mm-hmm. at the end of the day, so that's kind of why I think logically you lean yes, even though it's tough, and you kind of figure, like even if you don't win a championship this year. Right, you just rebuild the, the roster around the your big three next year, and you know you see what happens. But I can see why the Heat would want to hold out for a lower price, at least until the trade deadline. 
you know, if the price hasn't lowered by then, then you pull the trigger. But for now, you know, you don't make the move until you absolutely know that that's what you have to do to get them. And Riley likes to – he likes to wait a little bit too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's been such a small sample size with this team that I'm not ready to make any long-term judgments on it. But come come deadline time, if, if we're – you know, we're not – that many games above 500 and we don't look, you know, kind of like that magical team we had last year, Riley's going to pull the trigger and he is, he's not going to look back. That's just what he does. Um, I just think we have to, you know, kind of be patient. I don't think Harden's going to get to move to anyone in the next couple weeks, but you know, maybe, you know, our goal is, you know, hero plays really well, then maybe his value is high enough by the deadline that, you know, maybe we can hold on to Duncan or hold on to precious or, you know, anything that we can really do to, to increase the value of guys like Hero, um, that's kind of going to be our goal to to get Harden at maybe a lower price. And I and I, I trust Riley 100. percent He knows the trade game better than anyone in the world. So I, I got faith. Trust in Pat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone. I feel like that's one of the perfect things to say because I feel like everyone want to be. The, um, what's it called, the general manager say, you know, do this, do that. I mean, at the end of the day, just trust in Pat. I mean, because I feel like sometimes, you know, us as fans will question the decisions our front office makes. But, you know, I feel like everything happens for a reason. So well, I mean, we'll see what Miami decides. You know, it's a long season ahead of us. So, you know, we'll see what they decide to pull off. Anyways... So, with that being Bammy's said, a shoot is there one. anything else we want to I love that on? guy, man. He's, he's so good. I want to see him take 15 shots a game at least. That's the only thing. Yeah. Easily he shoot, yeah. 20. He, he, he's For shooting sure. over 60%. I mean, even if he added a couple more shots and his, you know, his efficiency went down a little bit, he's still one of the most efficient players in the entire league, easily. Yeah. And if he puts up five, six more shots a game, I mean, that's the aggression we need from him. And he's definitely getting there. Um, just, you know, his jump shot looking a lot better. I, 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 I echo that statement for sure. Would love to see him take like 15, 20 shots every night. Also, just selfishly for his legacy, I, I, I want Bam to go down as one of the guys who averaged like 24, 11, and 5 or something. That'd be great. Heck, yeah. He has the, he has the right. talent. He can make those mid-range shots all day. He just has to want to have the – Aggression and drive to want to, you know, take yeah. it, take them, just take over, take over. Jimmy doesn't care, Bam. Take over. Nobody else cares. Take over. Everybody wants to. Everybody on that team wants to see him take over. So, and I think, you know, everybody, that's their that's their dude, man. He can do it too. I I think he's just going to continue to grow this season. I think everybody on the team's got his back in in encouraging him to to be more aggressive and to take take those shots. Don't don't pass. Take the shots. Just kind of like they were with Duncan. They had to be with Duncan, making him shoot. I think they're they're doing that slowly with Bam. So you know, eventually maybe he'll he'll start doing the fifteen to twenty shots a game. That would be great. Anyways, anything else? I think we're good. I think we're good. I'm excited for yeah, the game tomorrow. All right. Thank you for listening to the Heat vs. the World podcast. 
and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode.